Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, all you pick and pick skin winners out there. I hope that you're ready to have a wonderful weekend and finding some winners here with John Frisella and me, Wes Easley, at at uh, at Loafinit on Twitter. John, I forgot my handle. I forgot I had his big things all set up and I forgot my handle, man. Yeah, well, listen, that's why you got to put the word football or fantasy football or picks or something in that handle so you can remember what it is. Otherwise, you're just the bread man all day, every day. Well, that's what I am as a bread man all day, every day. That's my identity, <laughs> at Loafing It on Twitter. You can find me over there. And don't forget to follow the legend himself, John Frisella, at Legend Sports 7 on Twitter. He is a renowned sports author. He is also a, uh, what, what are you, the senior sports editor over at Aaron Torres Online. Isn't that right? That sounds like a made-up title, but I'm, I'm sort of that, too. Yeah, I help AT as much as I can. Uh, senior football analyst would be fine, uh-huh. only because... You know, we're doing the picks and we're also doing the fantasy articles. So it's a little bit of a mix and a match. You know, I started calling you Mr. Article whenever I saw you. Oh, there he is again. Mr. Article. Oh, Mr. Article's writing another one because you put out so many articles over there. So does J.B. Barry on AaronTorresOnline.com. Make that a regular part of your uh, viewing habits whenever you're looking for football information. J.B. Barry is doing a great job over there. Austin Montgomery, not David Montgomery. Austin Montgomery is doing a wonderful job as well over there. You guys are just tearing it up as far as written material goes. And, of course, you and I are doing this podcast, the Pick and Pick, pick, and pick Skin winners over there. Yeah, absolutely. It's busy. A lot of content over at Aaron Torres Online. Uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting week. It, it pretty much went the way that it always goes for us. Week one is Johnny riding high. Ever telling everybody about my picks? <laughs> hey, jump on board. And it's pretty much consistent over the last 10 years for me that week one is a good week to give my picks to other people. Week two is like, you know, you kind of preface it in advance. It's like all that stuff that you were prepared for with the offseason goes out the window because yeah. teams need to rebound after having a bad first game and teams need to find their identity. So they may arrive and be a different team by the second week. So week two put us right back where we started last night. We won on Carolina, right? I think you took Mm -hmm. Carolina as well. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately after going 11 and five, I go five and 11 for a 500 record. I get the win last night and now I'm 17 and 16 with the spread. Okay, that, that's good. And, and a lot of people had a tough week last week. It, it was a crazy football week last week. The only one that I found that was pretty consistent, and it may be because he's doing college football a whole lot, Aaron Torres himself, uh, the boss, he, he had a great weekend last week tweeting out different things. I know he enjoyed that Alabama-Florida game last weekend as well. So it, it was fun to be a part of this whole Aaron Torres uh, community, the, the empire that he's building over there. And yes, John, we are a small piece of it, and we continue to talk about these lines 
each and every week on Pick and Pigskin Winners. We're going to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, leave any comments that you may have there in whatever listening platform you like to listen to it on, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, or or Spotify, whatever you like to listen to it on. But one of the things, John, that I saw this week while I was going through this was that Arizona-Jacksonville game. Okay, mm-hmm. Arizona and Jacksonville, it's a, it's a real tricky game. Because I think Arizona had a wake-up call at the end of last week with all the Minnesota debacle that was going on. Minnesota came back, made a game out of it. I think it went into overtime. Just, just a lot of stuff. So I think it was kind of a wake-up call. I would normally view this as a game where Arizona might struggle as a letdown game. But mm-hmm. thankfully, because at the end of the game last week, I think they're going to be woke up uh, going to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville really is just a bad football team. Yeah, Jacksonville is terrible right now. I mean... I, I did my power rankings this week over at Aaron Torres online. I had the Jets as the worst team, but it's pretty close. I, I would say Jacksonville probably is the worst team in the league. I'm just really upset with my Jets right now, so I was being biased, and I put them dead last. That being said, you know, the Thursday game gives us a little bit of confidence here because if you looked at the Thursday game, Carolina and the Texans, you would right away say the obvious pick is going to be the Panthers, right? So you, it makes you nervous. You you almost don't want to make it where it's so obvious, and then you make that selection. But we did that. We took Carolina, and they proved us right. And I feel like this game is similar. It's 87% on Arizona right now, which is a crazy number. But I can't really see a scenario where on both sides of the ball over the course of the four quarters, they won't be down by 10 or 14 minimum. At the end of this game, I mean, going toward the end of this game, I could see them down 17, 21, 24, any of those numbers. So I don't see a combination in the way that it works out for Jacksonville where they can cover the spread unless some sort of unforeseen thing happens to Arizona and some of their key players. So I'm with you. I I, I agree with what you said. It was a little bit of shake up there in the fourth quarter last week. So I'm going to take Arizona as well in game one with a seven and a half point spread. I'll take them to win by 14. Yeah, and this game started out at two and a half points. It went all the way up to seven and a half points on Arizona. The game total started out at 49. It's at 51 and a half. Let me tell you something, John. Mm-hmm. Arizona, three and oh. Uh, against Jacksonville, against the spread. 3-0 and this year, against the spread. The over is 3-0 and against the spread. I, Arizona, I think, you know, this is one of those things where they're playing that bad Jacksonville team. I'm taking Arizona. I'm taking the over at 51-and-a-half. Uh, Jacksonville is one of those teams that can that can light it up a little bit on offense, it seems like, that Marvin Jones uh, is just is just playing really well. They got three wide receivers that all have like 20 targets, so they're going to be throwing the ball all over the field, and they sure can't run it. So I I, I don't know, John. I, I I I like for them to cover the spread at seven and a half, and I also like the over on this game. So yeah, I mean Jacksonville has a lot of confusion too in what they're doing, right? Because week one they threw the ball 51 times, and then Urban Meyer came out and said, "We're not doing that again. We're not going to put a rookie quarterback out on the line like that." and Trevor Lawrence, and have him under pressure, and running for his life, and scattering away from this very weak offensive line. So now we're going to pound the rock. And guess what? When they opened the game and ran the ball more with James Robinson, they actually hung in better last Mm -hmm. week. But the problem is when you have a rookie quarterback, and you have a bad team, and a head coach who's clearly overmatched at the NFL, NFL level, you start to lose your confidence in what you're doing if it's a slow progress. Sort of like what Houston was doing last night. If Houston would have stuck with the running game a little bit longer last night, I think they would have covered that spread. The live spread on that game was 10 points. I think they would have covered that. But they got away from the running game and they panicked. Same thing happened with Jacksonville. Uh, They went back to the passing game in the second half of last week. So I don't think they even know what their identity is. So it's it's certainly an all-around mess 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Speaking about an all-around mess and not knowing your identity, uh, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz. Right now, we don't know if he's playing. Last thing I heard, I don't know if he's playing. He's got two bad ankles. Uh, This game started out at minus one on the Indianapolis Colts. It's crossed for us where now the Tennessee Titans are favored by five and a half. The point total has dropped down to 48 from 50, John. All the betting numbers are coming in on Tennessee, and I think I'm going to end up having to agree with the betting numbers with the general public this time. Yeah, I mean, I don't even understand how the consensus open could have been minus one for the Colts. It makes no sense. I mean, even if they thought Wentz was going to play, they had seen Tennessee come back this past week and show that they're not just going to go away this year after a bad week one. So I, I don't understand that line. It quickly went to five and a half. Like it was mm-hmm. like very quickly that there was an adjustment there in the line in the early action. So the problem is it's still listed as undecided for the quarterback for Indianapolis because they don't really know what's going to happen with Carson Wentz. So it makes it very difficult to do this show recording on a Friday and take the Colts, even though it's 20% on Indianapolis. It seems like that would be a savvy play knowing right off the bat that everyone's going to take Tennessee, but without knowing who the quarterback is. And if it is Jacob Eason, I got to think they're going to get blown out in this game. So I have to, unfortunately, two games in a row go with the high 80 percentages. Arizona in game one, Tennessee in game two. Uh, Even if Wentz was playing, I don't know if that would convince me to take Indianapolis. Four of the last five games for Indianapolis have gone, have hit the over on this uh, from Vegas. And let me just tell you, the, the Tennessee Titans, their two point totals this year, 63 and 53. Right now, the point total is sitting at 47 and a half for this game. I know they got quarterback issues in Indianapolis. I, I would like to lean Tennessee and also lean the over in this just because of those past statistics. So that's that's where I'm doing. That's where I'm going. Could you see? I don't even know if Indianapolis can help the over in this game. Right? <laughs> well. Because if it is Wentz playing with two bad ankles, right? One of my friends texted me, he's like, Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass was a mm-hmm. villain from from a movie who's so, you know, his body is all bones, broken bones, and he's all beat up. And that's kind of what Carson Wentz is over time. I don't even know if they can help you get the over in this game. All the points might be on Tennessee's side. One good thing for Tennessee is they figured out a way to get Julio Jones into the rhythm of the offense in the second yeah. half of last game. So it, it seems to be coming together for them. So I will take the obvious team here and take Tennessee. I gotcha. The next one I'm excited to watch, uh, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Detroit Lions. John, I, I I have started to like Detroit. I mean, I'm a Bears mm-hmm. fan. Everybody knows I'm a Bears fan, but I also like football. I like effort. I like moxie. And it seems like that's what Detroit is trying to do. They're a gritty team. They don't give up. And right now, this this point total started out at seven and a half favorites on Baltimore. It's gone over to eight now. Baltimore's favored by eight. The game total started out at 48. Now it's gone up to 50. John, I... I I know who the better team is. I know Baltimore will end up winning this game, but I think Detroit's going to be able to hang around in this one, especially if Baltimore having that huge victory in Kansas City last week. This is a perfect letdown spot for them. So I'm going to take Detroit. I also want to take the over because every one of Baltimore's games have gone over so far this year. So I I want to take both of them. What are the Vegas odds of at Lofen at Wes Easley? And at Legend Sports 7, John Frisella agreeing on the first three games of the schedule. <laughs> and actually, four. Did, did you, can you confirm, did you take Carolina yesterday? I don't know oh, yeah. what your pick was. Yeah, yeah. You know how down I am on Houston. And especially after they put up the stinker in week two, after overshooting, uh, going to the moon in week one, uh, I'd really liked it uh, because Tyrod wasn't in, even in there at quarterback. It, it looks like a mess over there in Houston right now. So, yes, I did take Carolina. I know it's a, bu- it's a busy bread week, John. Busy bread week. 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's a good, that bodes well for us, right? That we agreed on the first game. We both hit it. And now we're four games in and we're agreeing on all four counting that Thursday night game. I'll tell you something about Detroit. That's really interesting, which is San Francisco, Green Bay, and Baltimore. Who the heck made this schedule? (laughs) What are they trying to do to this team? Like, are you kidding me? This is a team that, you know, we had low expectations, change a head coach, change a quarterback, change a personnel. Everyone's saying, oh, that division has a team that's already set in the Packers, right? So they they pretty much are giving that division away. How about that brutal schedule to start the year? But the good news is what you said is so far it looks like Baltimore is going to play up to their competition. Awesome win over Kansas City. That was an awesome game. That was like watching the Super Bowl or like watching the conference finals. That was a really, really good football game. So they're going to play up, and then they played down a little bit in week one. Uh, I agree with you actually 100%. I think Baltimore will win the game because at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is not going to be stopped by Detroit in any way. Right. I I just can't see based on what I've seen from Detroit's defense, which basically looks like there's no one there. It's almost as if you're playing against no one. Aaron Jones could have had nine touchdowns if they gave him enough touches (laughs) in that game this week. You know, at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to stop Lamar. Lamar's going to have plays where he drops back. Someone like uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown has been excellent so far. Mm -hmm. He's going to be wide open someplace. Mark Andrews has been quiet. He's going to be wide open someplace. And then when they shore that up, Detroit, Lamar's just going to run for it. He's going to break a 50-yard touchdown. So at the end of the day, they're going to win the game. But Detroit's going to hang. It's going to go back and forth. That's what it's going to be. Back and forth, back and forth until Baltimore wins it at the end. Of course, you always know you got Justin Tucker in your back pocket to give you that victory for Baltimore. But we'll take the Lions with the spread. Yeah, and, and I like a big week from Tyson Hill. They they should be able to run all over him. If I'm the head coach, I'm putting Lamar Jackson in bubble wrap in this game, and I'm saying, everybody else, you guys got to win this one, okay? Well, let's not take a, a, just a scare, after, especially after seeing CMC go down yesterday a little bit. I, I'm, I'm taking my, Holly, my, my star, everything that is hanging on Lamar Jackson and my success this year, I'm going to put him in bubble wrap. Uh, and, and Detroit should be able to pass all over Baltimore. Baltimore, I think, has given up 376 passing yards per game so far this year. So I, I think that that's one of those areas where Detroit's going to really be able to hang in there. I'm glad we both agree on that. That's that's fantastic, John. Yeah, and look, that that's what happens when you lose Marcus Peters the last practice day before the season, right? This is a seasoned cornerback. Maybe he's not a top 10 or top 15 cornerback anymore, but guess what? As a leader, seeing what he's seen on the field, that's a huge guy to lose in terms of giving direction to the younger players in the secondary and also the linebackers who have to mix into coverage sometimes. So that's a huge loss for them, and their, their secondary is suffering. This is a tough game for me. Washington at Buffalo. And and we all know I like Ron Rivera a little bit, so maybe I'm a little bit biased towards the Washington Redskins, and maybe that's why it makes it a little bit tougher for me. This game started out at Buffalo being favored by seven. I would like to think that Buffalo has been somewhat of a disappointment this year on offense. Josh mm-hmm. Allen maybe has been a little bit of a disappointment. So this game total has uh, this, this point total, the spread, where Buffalo is favored by seven and a half. The total for the game has actually dropped from 48 to 46. And and it seems very strange to me that that happened until I thought of something the other day. I was talking to Pierre at Wee 31 on Twitter uh, on, a, on a DFS podcast, and it came to my mind how these young quarterbacks that are in this league now for the first year or maybe even the second year quarterbacks are playing in front of packed stadiums for the first time in a long time. And I wonder how this is going to affect Heineke a little bit because he's going to be going into Buffalo. He maybe never has been a starting quarterback with this much pressure on him and in a, a, a strange environment. So maybe that's why the point total dropped down a little bit this week, John. Yeah, that might have something to do with it. I mean, I think Buffalo's defense made a statement, right? Because a lot of us 
started to get sketched out because there there were games like that last year too where you were like, okay, I'm starting to get sold on Buffalo's defense, and then all of a sudden they have an implosion where a team gets 400 total yards between the passing and the mm-hmm. running games as well. And that happened again in week one. It was like, uh, I mean, the Steelers, Roethlisberger's looking old. They're kind of beat up, and they still were able to move the ball no problem. So this week was a statement. Now, I don't know how much you can judge with Tua going out so early in the game uh, for Miami. I don't know how much you can really judge, but they were stifling. They had them af- absolutely suffocated in that game. So I think the Buffalo defense is ready to rally here, so that could have something to do with the over-under line dropping down a little bit. I'll tell you this. It's pretty simple for me. Had Washington had blown that game completely against the Giants, which they really should have lost, right? It literally came down to the field goals at the end and a a penalty that was a non-penalty, so told by the league after the fact, uh, that actually gave Washington the win. Had they lost that game, I would have taken them here because I, I don't think they're the type of team that after a loss like that, you know, they would lay down. I think they would have covered the spread. But I think now that they won that game and they're even Steven at one and one, Buffalo's the team that needs to start climbing up like they started doing last week. And you know what? I would have expected Buffalo at home to have at least 65 to 70% of the action on them. So yeah. since it's only 56% of the action on Buffalo, I'm going to take them to get going and get hot. Uh, I'll say it's between 10 and 13 for me. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'll go Buffalo by 13 points in this game. This is a game I wouldn't want to pick, and and for some of those reasons that you mentioned, I am going to lean Buffalo on this game, mostly because, and I want them. I think that they're going to cover because Washington hasn't covered so far this year. They're zero two against the spread. Over their last eight, they're one in seven against the spread. So I don't know that Vegas necessarily has a good handle on what Washington can do either. So I'm going to take Buffalo at home, seven and a half, factoring in the young quarterback on the road as well. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Buffalo as well. Well, I'll tell you, I do love Heineke, though. Like he, He's one of my oh, favorite yeah. players in the league right now because yeah. we liked what he did last year on short notice in the playoffs, right? Just funny when you think about Washington last year that they opened the year with Haskins as their starting quarterback. Then they had... Kyle Allen, who was actually playing well, he goes out for the year. Then you got Alex Smith, wins comeback player of the year. He goes down. And then finally, Heineke is the fourth man, and he plays well. And then look at him again this week. The only mistake he made was late in the game. He almost cost him a game where he kind of got in robot mode, where he thought there was going to be a play there that wasn't there. It resulted in interception, a bad one at that. And he slammed his helmet, and he threw his gear, and he was like, that's not Taylor Heineke. That's not the player that I am. So and he was able to rally the troops at the end and get in position. So I I like Taylor Heineke because he's confident in himself and this guy wants to win so bad, but not not this week. I'm taking Buffalo. At Legend Sports Seven also read lips and he yeah, I'm not Taylor Heineke. That's not who I am. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Hey, this next game we we have to find some places where we don't have to talk about a game a lot. This New Orleans Saints team versus the New England Patriots at New England. This game total started out at 47 it's dropped all the way down to 42 and a half right now uh it, it started out being new england being favored at by one point at home now it's they're favored by two and a half at home john i i, I don't know what to think about this new orleans game team i almost don't want to pick this game until i see that it's new england at home and mac jones playing pretty well for a young quarterback i will take the new england patriots at home on this one but it really looks like a like a new orleans rebound game to me yeah, I mean, they could rebound New Orleans, but I had a real good eye on the Patriots last week, right? Because they played my Jets. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd rather not speak much about that game other than that. Otherwise, I'm going to break my laptop and break my <laughs> iPhone and throw my mug out the window of my office, right? So I don't want to say anything other than that, other than the Patriots defense looks fast. They look yeah. hungry. 
They look like their timing is spot on, right? Because there's going to be times where they show you a blitz and then you drop it to coverage. Uh, that stuff is working beautifully for them right now. So the way Winston played last week and the Saints offense looks so dead, I'm going to focus more on the Patriots defense here in this game. And guess what? With the line going from one to three in some spots and, and two and a half in other spots, uh, I like that it's only 59% of New England. It should be higher. It should be, again, mm -hmm. sort of like the other game, 65 to 75% on New England in order to get me to take New Orleans. So since it's not up that high, I'm going to take the Patriots. And uh, you know what? I don't know what to think about the Saints. They were on fire week one. They were a total mess in week two. Nobody has a clue. So I got to go defense and take New England in this game three here. I agree with you completely, and uh, I, I I think Jameis Winston is on watch right now. I think that's what that is. All right, next game. Uh, this is going to be a fun game. The Los Angeles Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. This game started out as the Chiefs being favored by seven. That's dropped down to six and a half. The game total started out at 52 and a half. It's gone up to 54 and a half, Sean. Uh, this is a really fascinating game to me. You know, I, I think the Chargers are a better team offensively than what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I think a couple of drop balls, a couple of penalties uh, here and there have really put, shut down their game totals as far as scoring goes. Yeah, I mean, look, they're just not one of my teams. You, you know how I feel. But I, I totally buy into Herbert, and I have from the beginning. I'm a big fan of his, and I, I think he's a stud. But the Chargers are in that category with the Bengals of a team that no matter how you want to slice it and sell it to me, it doesn't work out when you get to the end of the year. You just say, well, they they had some things that look like they could have been promising, but then this went wrong and that went wrong. I mean, if you want to make a statement, you beat Dallas in that game last week. I really mm -hmm. thought they should have been a lock uh, to cover that spread, especially with the number of opportunities they had throughout that game to expand. They did nothing to expand in that game. So right now, KC off a tough loss to Baltimore. I think they're going to be real mean at home. I think that not only are they going to come out and play, I think they're going to try to win this game by three or four scores. I think this is a real, like, you know, we're not the type of team that ever loses two games in a row, and seven points is probably not enough in a home game. So I, I think this actually could be a blowout because I just don't believe in the Chargers. I, people want to sell them to me, and I'm not buying it anymore. So I will take the Chiefs to win this game by 17, my friend. Woo! <laughs> Can I get that in writing, sir? Because yeah, Oh, yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it on Twitter. I'll put it up at, <laughs> at Legend Sports 7, Kansas City Chiefs by 17, baby. Well, listen to this one. Kansas City, their last six games, they're 1-5 against the spread. The Chargers, the last six games, are 5-1 against the spread. The mm -hmm. over has hit 10 of the 13 uh, Chargers games on the road. And also, Kansas City uh, over has hit four out of the last five times whenever they played the Chargers. So I, personally... I, I think Kansas City is one of those teams that keeps it close, keeps it close, keeps it close. I, they, you know, they've been to the Super Bowl the last two years, right? Uh, it, it's just one of those things where it reminds me of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, where they know they're going to win in the end. So they just, mm -hmm. you know, they keep it close and they just know they're going to win in the end. And, and the fourth quarter is theirs. And I, I think that that's the way the Kansas City Chiefs look at this. And let's face it, CEH is not who he th who Patrick Mahomes thought he was. I, <laughs> uh, I still can't believe they let Mahomes pick that draft pick. I, I couldn't believe it the night of the draft a couple of years ago. And I still can't believe it even to this day. I am going to take the Los Angeles Chargers. I am going to take the over in this game because almost every NFL game, whenever there's two good offenses, it seems to hit the 60-point mark some some way, somehow. So that's what I'm doing. I'm taking the uh, taking the Chargers and the over. Well, I would say the Chargers, you know how it is. You can, in some of these games, you could slice it up into two categories, which is which is the logical pick and which is the right pick. 
right? So I would say the Chargers are probably the right pick. So from a savvy betting perspective, you've matured a lot, Mr. Wes Easley at Lopinet. So that's probably the right play. But I just I, I don't buy into them. I, I just I, can't do it. I'm just not going to get on board with them. Now, you said something that's interesting, which is letting people hang around. Shout out to my guy, Darius Butler, former Indianapolis Colt, uh, former New England Patriot cornerback, Danny Lansana, linebacker for the Bucks, Jets, Dolphins, Packers. Uh, I played with those guys at UConn in basketball and intramurals, and that's exactly what they would do. I, I'd be like, guys, we want to turn it up a notch a little bit here. Like, we should probably be beating this team by 30 points. And the game would be like a two or four point game with like a minute to go, and then they would they would turn it up at the end, and we would dominate the last minute. So I actually have experience. I know exactly what you're saying about that, but I don't think that's the case here. I think Kansas City's upset about losing to Baltimore, and that was a huge game on national TV as well. Here at Pick and Pick Skid Winners, we always talk about football and also intramural basketball as well. That's always That's what right. we got. We got we we hit all, we hit it to all fields. I had a moon question for you, John, but we can't get into it now. We can't. <laughs> we got to wait till the schedule gets down. Some I had a moon question for you, but this schedule is just brutal. I mean, there's so many games to pick, and this is one of the games I'm actually looking forward to: the Atlanta Falcons versus the New York Giants. Atlanta, zero and seven, straight up against the spread. Uh, so, or, I'm sorry, 0-7 straight up against any team that they're playing. The under has hit 10 out of the last 15 times for the Atlanta Falcons every time they play. The under has hit 8 out of the last 9 games for the New York Giants, John. And the, the under has hit 6 out of 7 times whenever Atlanta plays the Giants. This game total started out at 48 and a half. It's dropped down to 47 and a half. I don't know if that's low enough. The Giants were favored by two and a half. Now they're up to three. John, giving me three points with the New York Giants, I think it's a big week for Saquon Barkley. I think he has an opportunity to get get, uh, everything going downhill. I'm going to take the Giants. I am going to take the under in this game. Yeah, I think the under. It, by the way, who's been working in the research department for Wes Easley? These numbers are tremendous. What what a research week for my partner. I mean, I'm getting all the data, and and it's funny without even having that data earlier today. I went onto one of my teams that was a super flex team uh, in fantasy, and I bench Matt Ryan in favor of the combination of Derek Carr and Jared Goff because it's a two quarterback league. Because exactly what you said there, in my mind, this looks like an ugly. Matty Ice performance against that Giants defense that, you know, sometimes they just fly and they rally to the ball and, and you just feel very uncomfortable in the pocket and, and nothing seems to be working. And just the way it's going for Atlanta right now, that seems to make sense in a road game for Atlanta. So uh, look, it's 35% on the Giants, which is a shocking number. It yes. makes no sense to me. I think we all know the Giants are a better team on both sides of the ball than Atlanta and all aspects considered. So 35% on the Giants in a home game and the line went up a half a point. It looks like it looks like a lock. I mean, are they going to go in three? They're going to go on three with a, a decent team against Atlanta, who's probably one of the worst three or four teams. I don't see it. I'm taking the Giants. Oh, I thought you'd never stop talking, John. I mean, seriously, I, you're sitting there rambling on about the New York Giants over and over again and about the Atlanta Falcons. And I thought you would never stop talking because I'm so excited. The Chicago Bears are playing the Cleveland Browns, John. Justin Fields is my quarterback. He's ready to go. And I'm so And you just kept talking. Giants this, Giants that. Giants, I don't even know what you said. I'm going to have to ask you who you picked later because I just looked at the next game and I was so excited. Justin Fields, John, only 34% of the public money's coming in on Chicago. 66% of the money's coming in over there on Cleveland. This game started out at minus seven on Cleveland at home. It's gone up to seven and a half. Okay, seven and a half. Not giving Justin Fields any credit. No credit where credit is due, John. And, and then the game total started out at 44 and a half. It's gone up to 45 and a half. Listen, 
I, you know, I'm excited about Justin Fields. You know, I'm. Excited. Are you? I can't yeah. tell. I can't tell from the way you sound. <laughs> I, but you know what I got to do on this one? All those things I'm factoring in, and and listen, everybody, I I I am not picking sensibly with this game at all. Okay, I'm just telling you that right now. I don't know if you're going. Okay, I always fade West. Whatever West says, I'm fading him. Or maybe you're like I'm Team West, so you always want to go with me. I don't know what I'm doing on this game because obviously I cannot see straight. All I see is Justin Fields in front of me. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Anytime it's a rookie quarterback in his first game, I pretty much always pick against them, no matter what the spread is, oh, no matter what on. the percentages are, come just on. because of timing issues. Yeah, I mean, look, the Browns the Browns need to be a serious team. And if you're the Browns and you're a serious team and it's a home game against a rookie quarterback in his first game, and like we mentioned before, Chris Collinsworth said Justin Fields had the highest rate of holding on to the ball of any quarterback in the entire NFL in the preseason, which is not a good sign because that's against second-tier defenders and third-tier defenders, and you're still holding on to the ball for a long time. If you're the Cleveland Browns and you're supposedly a real team, which is what I said about the Panthers on Thursday night, right? If the Panthers were a real team to be reckoned with, they would have come out and take, a, take care of business against the Texans, which they did, and now they're 3-0. and So they proved that they're going to be taken seriously. Same thing here for the Browns. You can't let Justin Fields come in in his first game with this shaky Bears team, every week is a story of how ugly can our game be and how can we somehow win by three points if we need to. I don't care if it's Mitch Trubisky. I don't care if it's Nick Foles. I don't care if it's Justin Fields. I don't care if it's Red Rifle, who hasn't been a Red Rifle for 10 years. I don't care who it is. It's ugly game with the Bears. I'm taking the Browns in a blowout. Forget about the Bears, man. I'm, go- I'm taking the Browns by 21. Everything, all that little research that you said I've been doing, everything points to a Chicago and an over. In this mm. game. Okay, everything points to it. But there's no way. I, I, I'm with you. I, I actually wrote down Cleveland and the under on this one is where I would like to lean. But I'm I'm putting the I'm putting that out there that, you know, I love Justin Fields, but you know, you know how I am, man. It's all the years of the Chicago Cubs tearing me up on inside that I can't root for my teams. I gotta root against them a little bit, you know? <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean I'm look, cheering. and we could throw the numbers at people, right? Trevor Lawrence didn't cover in week one, right? In his first game. Zach Wilson didn't cover either game. So far, Davis Mills didn't cover last night, right? So, I mean, we, we have the backup early this year. It's not just this year. It's many, many years of the rookie in the first game not covering the spread. So, I, I mean, I'm with you on that, partner. All right. All right. Let's, let's go on to the next game. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. John, I, I, th- this is one of my breadwinners. Mm. And I might get burnt on it. Okay. This is a breadwinner and I might get burnt. Because I know what all the stats say. 1-11 versus Pittsburgh is Cincinnati uh, over the last 12. 0-5 against Pittsburgh on the road. But you know what? The Pittsburgh Steelers are letting up 313 yards through the air. They are 3-6 and six against the spread over their last nine. I know Cincinnati's not supposed to win this game. But when I look at these two football teams... And, and granted, I know what Joe Burrow did last week in Chicago. I know what Pittsburgh Steelers' defense is. I think Joe Burrow's that kind of quarterback like you talk about. He's good enough to say, I am not going to do that again. You know, And, and mm-hmm. I think he can improve on that. I look for Cincinnati to go in here and win this game. Not only that, but they, they I'm getting three points on this because Pittsburgh started out at five-and-a-half-point favorites. Now it's dropped down to three. The game total went from 47 to 44. I'm feeling pretty confident that Cincinnati's going to win this one, buddy. I like it as a tricky pick. I'm not going to take Cincinnati, but I like the idea behind it because it is a division game, and we know division games could get down in the trenches, uh, and they can get a little bit nasty there with a lot of verbal back-and-forth banter and a lot of pushing and shoving, and it's only 39% on Cincinnati. So I I like the idea. If you're going to throw a monkey wrench in something, this is not a bad game to do it. 
Now, here's the question in this game, though. You got two wide receivers that are questionable, one on each side. Mm -hmm. T. Higgins is questionable for the Bengals. Deontay Johnson's questionable for the Steelers. I would say the way it sounds, definitely Deontay Johnson is not going to play. Right? right. So let's write him off. And Higgins doesn't sound great. So if they're both out, which team is at a worse detriment? I would say it's worse for the Bengals. I think if the Bengals want to cover this game and win it straight up, like you said, I think they need all three receivers in a situation where the Steelers don't have Deontay, who I think is really the X factor for the whole team. For the Steelers, I just he had some issues with drops, but in terms of his route running and dynamic changes and the way that he does things from game to game, from quarter to quarter, he's a very tricky guy. I think he's a big loss for the Steelers. But if you take Higgins out, who's a really good guy in the red zone, uh, I think that's going to be trouble for Cincinnati. So I'm going to take the Steelers' defense again because I'm going to be consistent this week. It's the same way I felt about the Patriots against New Orleans. I don't care too much about the ball watching, right? We can't always be talking about fantasy players and watching the ball. I'm taking the Patriots defense against the Saints, and I'm taking the Steelers defense at home against the Bengals. Well, you're wrong. Okay, uh, next game. I've been wrong before. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I uh, remind everybody, they're listening to the Pick and Pickskin winners here on Aaron Torres Media, uh, where, where we like to call it the ATM, because we're always cashing out over here. Aaron Torres is putting together an empire over there with Austin Montgomery, J.B. Barry, John Legend, oh, John Frisella, and me, Wes <laughs> Easley himself. And don't forget about the boss, Aaron Torres, who's always tearing it up when it comes to the college, uh, to the college, oh, sorry, I, the little, my daughter is coloring, and it was kind of distracting to me over here she likes to she's a big fan of the show john she's a she she always wants me to play it more play it more and i can't i well i, I can't turn her down but aaron is always putting out all kinds of college content over there and it, you got to make it a regular habit to check out aaron torres online aaron torres online and articles every single day john it seems like are dropping over there yeah every single day i mean this this week i had the power rankings of the teams which I will try to do every single week to try to keep an eye on the scheme and the overall sense of the league and see where teams are at. Um, you know, the Bear, Bears and Jets didn't rate particularly well for our two teams on yeah. the list this week. And also the uh, fantasy pickups, the waiver wire pickups, that'll be there. And then every once in a while, we'll have a, a special interest story, something that, you know, is really catching our attention from the NFL perspective. Uh, you know, shout to Austin Montgomery doing a great job, Aaron Torres as well. And by the way, you mentioned we also cover intramural sports on this show. Aaron Torres was on that team with me, with Darius <laughs> Butler and Danny Lanzana. He was a power forward on that team. So two of the starters with two guys that played in the NFL were Aaron Torres and John Frisella. Aaron Torres is a power forward. John Frisella at shooting guard with Darius Butler from the Indianapolis Colts and Danny Lanzana from the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's a heck of a ball team right there. That's how you win a championship in intramurals. I can only imagine the way you were the one that just talked and barked at everybody out there. And then you'd go hide behind the big fellas is what you would do. Uh, I know how you time. are. Yeah, I actually, you know, because UConn, I was a huge basketball school. I mean, up and down between the women and the men. And also all the people that go to school there also like to play, even if they're not on the team. Uh, I even would talk a lot of junk with Darius when we were picking up pickup games. And of course, he's a lot better than me. He's a professional athlete. A lot of it, but even with him, when, he, when I was against them, I'd always be talking junk. So you're right about that. Hey, can we stop talking about the glory days and talk about the Miami Dolphins versus the Las Vegas Raiders? Miami is going to Las Vegas. Jacoby Brissett is leading that squad over into Vegas. I don't know what Miami's going to do in Vegas. I just know that they're not going to win this game. 73% of the money's coming in on Las Vegas. This game total has done the old switcheroo on us, John. It's crossed. It started out with Miami being one-point favorites, which makes me scratch my head. And now Vegas is favored by four points. And uh, the game total went from 46.5 all the way down to 44. I, I like Vegas for 40 of those points, John. 
Woo, that's a big number right there. Uh, you, listen, one thing you did this show that I liked was there was a game where all the numbers and the stats and the analytics were telling you to go some way, but your gut made you go the opposite way on both. I like that, right? That We have to talk about the technicalities on the show once in a while. That's a strategy right there. It's not buying into the same thing over and over again. We got to stress that. Here's one here where I'm going to go with somebody else's pick. My dad, Big Fro, Big John Frisella, who's over the house right now watching my baby. Thank you. Shout out to dad. He right. said his surprise pick for a win straight up this week on the road was the Miami Dolphins. And you know what? He's got good instincts. He looked at the entire schedule and said, that's the one. That's the surprise pick. So I'm going to throw out the analytics on this game. I'm going to go with dad because he's got a lot of experience. He knows what he's talking about. And guess what? I could see the Raiders now being hot 2-0, and having a letdown where they look at it and go, oh, no Tua? We're going to walk through this game. This is no problem. So I actually do like Miami, and so does my dad. So my pick is going to be the Dolphins getting four points plus four. Uh, Mr. Legend, we'll call him, has made that pick. Okay, all right, I like it. I could go with that. Uh, no. John, hold on a second. I got to take this phone call. Sure. Hold on, hold on. Sure. Hey, hey, how are you doing, Mr. Flacco? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Hey, listen, I was just calling you. I wanted to see what you were doing this weekend. Oh, you're busy? Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mr. Flacco. I got another call coming in here. Hey, Sanchez, what's up, man? Hey, are you busy this weekend? You're not? Oh, you just got some of that butt fumble gear you got to give away? But listen, I got a place for you to go and do it because the New York Jets might be looking for a brand new quarterback. All right. Zach. Will yeah, your guy, Zach Wilson, threw four interceptions last week. John. Four. Four. And now he's got to go to Denver and play this week. I, I don't like that recipe. This looks like a bounce back game in, in all facets for the New York Jets. Right. They're not going to lose like that. This is a tough grinded out team kind of a thing. And that's what kind of atmosphere the Jets want to build. But man, Denver is playing really good right now. John, this point total went from being uh, 42 and a half, dropped down to 41 and a half. And Denver was favored by five and a half. John, there it went up to 10 and a half points. <laughs> Woo! Woo, hot <laughs> ticket a dog. Well, and here's, and here's you, the other I, thing. Hold on, hold on. The 50, only, it, this is a 50-50 game, though. It's 50-50. The public is going 51% on Denver and 49% on the Jets. I, 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 I can get it because of the 10 and a half points. But, John, they, they, can't, they won't even make it to Denver. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so many things going on in my head with this team. Like, I want to go off on a on an epic rant and just tear everybody to shreds. But I'll keep it simple. This is the last time I'm taking the Jets with the spread if they don't cover this week. <laughs> I will pick against the Jets every single game. If they don't cover 10 and a half against Teddy Bridgewater, again, it's very similar to the Raiders, right? Denver's 2-0, Raiders 2-0, two teams we wouldn't expect to be 2-0, playing against teams they quote-unquote should beat. Both teams are home. Similar story. I got to think the Jets are going to bounce back in this game to cover the spread. I think Denver will win in the end. So if you're doing a pool where the spread is not evolved, you still got to take Denver. No no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is it. I, I'm dead serious. If, do, if the Jets do not cover 10 and a half points in this game, I will pick every other team in advance. I'm going to post my picks for the rest of the year, which is every other team, no matter what the spread is. If a game opens up at one and it goes to a hundred, I'm going to take the other team to cover the jets to beat them by a hundred in the future. This is my last time taking the jets. I take the jets to lose by a touchdown. They're going to lose okay. by seven in this game. Okay. Hey, do you see this uh, from, from what I'm looking at here? I don't know if we're looking at the same page or not on the money line. 81% is coming in on the jets. I, yes. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It's the payout is so high. 
right? Oh. We don't have the exact, yeah, the payout is so high. It's like, if, and also teams thinking Denver, you know, people thinking Denver's not going to go three and oh. So if you're getting a great payout and you basically booked it, that there's no way Denver, no matter who they're playing is going three and oh, because they're not that good of a team. If that's the way you feel about them, that's how you end up betting the Jets money line. I wouldn't do it, but I, I would consider taking the Jets with the spread, but it won't be a quote unquote breadwinner and it won't be a lock pick, but I, I have to take them the last time to lose this game by seven points. Okay. I understand. I, that makes a little bit more sense to me for sure. But Teddy Bridgewater has just changed all the outlooks there for me and Denver. He's going to keep you around at least even against really tough opponents. And I think he's going to be able to excel in this matchup as well. John, this is the game of the week right here. In my opinion, mm-hmm. the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Buccaneers versus the Los Angeles Rams. This game total has flipped on us a little bit though, as far as the point spreads go, uh, the Rams were favored by one. Now it's the Buccaneers favored by one point. This game total started out at 50 but now Vegas has confidence in these quarterbacks and it's gone all the way up to 55 and a half that's a big that's a big jump that's a big jump Mm -hmm. with two great defenses that we typically have Uh, for me this game the public has it going at 66 percent on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I I personally like the Rams in this game because I think Tampa's defense has really struggled and what what the Rams do best is where the Buccaneers really struggle, and that's in their secondary, and the Rams really throw the ball well. What do you think about my thoughts on the Rams, John? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think they're a team that ultimately they can challenge for a Super Bowl run, but that's a consensus thought as well. You know what I mean? That's It's really, uh, it, it's from the beginning of the year with the change from Goff to Matt Stafford, I think people were saying this is what McVay was looking for, and this is exactly what they needed to get over the hump. So here's a game where I'm probably going to be frustrated because there, every once in a while you have a bias that gets involved in a game. I just feel like Tampa Bay is going to make a statement to the Rams that this is our conference and this is our league. That's that's how I feel. I just feel like they're going to smash mouth. They're going to do it on both sides of the ball. Big game from Devin White defensively for the Bucks. Going to create some havoc uh, with Stafford. And I, I think this is why maybe it crossed over from a one-point favorite for the Rams in a home game to Tampa being the favorite now at one point. Uh, I think it's a statement game for Tampa Bay to say, we, we don't mess around. I don't care if it's the third game of the year. We're putting a foot down here and saying, you know what? Maybe you won't even make the playoffs, Rams. If the Bucks come out and have a strong game, maybe you'll be in trouble because that Rams division is unbelievable with the Seahawks and the Cardinals and the 49ers. So I think huh. I'll take Tampa Bay for a statement game because I don't buy the Rams yet at 2-0. and And they look shaky against the Colts uh, toward the end of that game last week. Okay. Well, I, I I think that was kind of a trap game for the Rams last week mm-hmm. against the Colts, especially after Wentz had a couple of injuries and stuff. I, I think that that was possibly a trap game. Everybody's looking forward to playing Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's the Super Bowl champions, and I, they have to bring their best each and every week. I just I, I like what the Rams do, and I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are vulnerable with what the Rams do best. So I'm going to take the Rams in this game. I've I got a question, a fantasy question for you. Mm-hmm. It, it used to always be if it was a cup week one week, then it was going to be a woods week the next week. And it's been a cup week the first couple of times. This cup runneth over in, in Los Angeles this year. <laughs> I like it. Uh, do, do, is this going to be a woods week, though? Is he a squeaky wheel? But he just doesn't seem to cause a lot of trouble. He's not a squeaky wheel, right? I don't know if you remember Woods' career early on. I actually liked him a lot on Buffalo because I saw him two times a year against the Jets. And I said, if you could get this guy on a team that sees what he can do, he could be a real factor. And, of course, the Rams have an eye like that. Uh, but he actually was in the background, just background noise with Buffalo. Nobody would even know he was there. So you're right. He's not a squeaky wheel. And I'll tell you what the deal is. I've already heard and read multiple articles that Stafford and Cup, the two of them, come two hours before everybody else 
at the entire place and they work on their timing and their drills together, just the two of them. So I would say that you have to go with cup for as long as you can until it continues like this. And, and by the way, did you see that design on that one play last week on cups touchdown where they put them in the backfield as the running back, quote unquote, they lined them up against the linebacker. The linebacker ended up in cross coverage, having to guard him one-on-one and it was a walk-in touchdown for Cooper cup. So if you, if you take Stafford, spending all this time with Cup, and then McVay doing all his tricky stuff with Cooper Cup as well. He's he's a boss. He's one of the top fantasy receivers. So I can't say it's a Woods week because, like you said, he doesn't really care. He's there for the team. He's not out for himself. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, I like this next game. I, I can't wait to watch it either. It's a, good, a bunch of good games this week. But it's done a crossing pattern on us as well. Seattle versus Minnesota. This point total started out at 48. It's all the way up at 55. John 55 it's gone way up high you know that's that's a big one and uh let's see it was Minnesota favored by one at home but since Seattle played so well I guess last week they're now favored by two this week on the road and the public agrees 70 percent of the public bets are coming in on the Seattle Seahawks John I I don't I don't know what to do on this game brutal game this is this is the one out of all the ones so far where we throw them out right this is a brutal game to pick because the the question on everybody's mind is what's more likely to happen the seahawks go one and two after a really bad collapse last week against tennessee or minnesota goes zero and three with one of the better offensive groups in the league with dalvin cook and jefferson and thielen and now uh kj on the come up as well right so if it's very tough call I would say that this is not one of my expert teams, right? We all, 32 teams, we all have to know our limitations. I can tell you right off the top of my head, I have a very bad record with the Atlanta Falcons and a very bad record with Seattle. I cannot get a read on those two teams out of all the 32 in the league. So I'm going to take Seattle because the line crossed over. And I think to answer that question, they're less likely to go one and two than Minnesota going 0 and three because they're going to be similar. Both teams are going to score. Both teams are going to move the ball. And the fact that the line crossed over with Seattle on the road, where historically they're so much better on home, uh, that's very sketchy to me because Minnesota is also mm-hmm. good at home. So mm-hmm. you, if you count that, it, it makes no sense from a logical standpoint. So I am going to take Seattle. I think it'll be a high, you know, it's got to be an over. I, I can't see how it's not going to be an over. Back and forth, good fantasy game for your DFS lineups. I'll take Seattle with the spread. I like the over. Yeah, like you said, the over for sure. The 55 points just doesn't seem like enough. They could probably put this one around 65 and I'd be going, yeah, maybe the over on that, you know, Uh, because they just don't stop anybody. Uh, I think Derrick Henry is still running on the 12th man in Seattle (laughs) right now as we as we record this on a Friday afternoon. Dalvin (laughs) Cook is a big Dalvin Cook is a bit sketchy for this game, but he usually is a gamer and he steps up and that's when he, we see him actually have some bigger games, I believe. Uh, if not, Madison, Madison is uh, a fine backup there. I I will lean. I like the over, but I will lean with this one, Minnesota at home and me getting two points. I'll, I'll take that one, I guess, at home. All right. I mean, we got to We can't have all the same picks, so I, I like it. I, I certainly could see that going. Like I said, I would throw that game out. Yeah. That's yeah. a brutal call. All right, the Green Bay Packers versus the San Francisco 49ers. D- do I have this right, that this is like the first time the 49ers will be at home this year? Uh, yes, I think that that's is right. correct. Isn't they're, that crazy? They're, I think they're the only team or one of two teams. I don't remember if it was there was one other team, but uh, it's a tough start for them. But, hey, they're 2-0, right? Yeah, they are 2-0. But, you know, sometimes when you come home, there's a lot of problems. Right. You, you, I mean, the, there's just a lot of issues. Now you got to balance out getting tickets for people. You got you got this phone call here. You got these. You got to take care of business whenever you're at home. So oh, nobody's mowed the yard for me in two weeks. You know, that kind of stuff gets really <laughs> aggravating for a while. Uh, and you have Green Bay on the road 
but they're they're they they are the underdogs here by three points in San Francisco. The point total has gone up from forty five and a half all the way up to fifty and a half. John, I I, I actually like Green Bay at home or on the road this week a little bit. Mm-hmm. The public money though scares me because it's coming in at fifty eight percent, which I'm going ah. I wish that was the opposite way, and I'd really feel more comfortable with this. Yeah, I mean, I I'm with you on this one as well. I'll tell you why. It's it was a question of who does Green Bay want to be last week, right? That, like we said, that was one of the biggest games on the schedule, Green Bay and Detroit, which you wouldn't think because Detroit's not supposed to be really involved in the landscape of the league this year. However, that was the statement game. Is Rodgers mailing it in altogether, or were they just messing around in week one, just getting their feet wet? You know, he's just try- being a, a little puss face. You know what I mean? He was like, I, I really not feel it at week one. And I'll turn it on. That's that's what happened. We learned we learned the truth in week two. He was just messing around in week one. He came out guns blazing in week two. And that's what happens when you have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. They could just put their foot down and throw Tanya in there. Tanya's become an elite tight end in this league. When they put their foot down offensively and say, this is it, we're doing it. All four of us are putting it together. I don't think anybody can really stop them. So I, I like San Francisco over the course of the year. They might be a better team than Green Bay over 17 games. Not sure. These two teams are very close. But because Green Bay put their foot down in week two and showed me that they're for real and they're not they're not going to mess around anymore. It's just a week one thing. I'm going to take Green Bay to win this game by six. I took Kittle. And and Mm. some fantasy drafts in the home league draft that I'm in. That's very important to me. I ended up taking Kittle because I wanted to get that point differential with one of those top three tight ends, you know, that typically you're able to get in the tight end position. And Waller and Kelsey were already gone. I'm like, okay, I'm grabbing Kittle. I'm grabbing Kittle right now. Kittle's done nothing. (laughs) Nothing in fantasy football for me. I hope they got some kind of Kittle package for the Green Bay Packers this week because I, I really need I'm 0-2 in my home league. And and trust me, the great fantasy analyst is getting drilled on the chat rooms right now. Getting drilled. Yeah. I need Kittle to do something. Yeah, I don't think he is. I, I gotta tell you, out of a trillion teams, I have zero George Kittle because not only is he injury prone, this team is run heavy. They're still gonna be run heavy until they open it up at certain points of the game. So they're already coming in with a run heavy offense. The whole entire team of running backs could be hurt, and they still run the ball no matter who they put in there. So that's one issue with me with Kittle. And, you know, Debo Samuel is coming back. And Ayuk, who's been a disappointment, we didn't know that before the year. He was supposed to be a big emerging player this year. So knowing that stuff before the year, I took zero George Kittle, and I'm feeling good. That's why at Legend Sports 7's got the lead over loafing it on the picks. Well, I'm not talking to you right now, John, but I will talk. I will talk to the pick and pick skin winner community about the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. I, I after last week, I, I don't know their identity anymore. I, I just don't know their identity. They started out as six point favorites going into this week, and now it's dropped down to three and a half. The game total, though, has gone from forty nine and a half shot up to fifty two, John. Where was Dak Prescott last week? Is the Chargers defense that good? Are the Eagles going to be able to hang with the Dallas Cowboys this week? I have so many questions about this game, John. Yeah, well, I could tell you one of the questions was answered, which is how does that team fare without Michael Gallup, right? We said it. Michael Gallup is not the best receiver on the team, but he's the guy that stretches out the defense. And when you have three guys, this goes back to what we said about Cincinnati and Pittsburgh both with three receivers that are legitimate players. When you have three guys that you got to try to figure out how to cover with one guy because you can't double any of them, it opens up the whole team. It opens up the entire offense. 
So they struggled. They struggled without Michael Gallup, and they went more to the running game with Tony Pollard emerging as an equal or better than Zeke in that game, right? So it, it's true. It's it's a different look now. This team's going to have to mix and match the run game and the passing. Uh, my first instinct looking at this game was that Philadelphia is spunky. There's a chance that Jalen Hurts could have a Kyler Murray-type year this year like Kyler did last year, and they're going to be a real handful for a lot of teams. That was my first instinct. But the second instinct was Dallas easily could have fallen to 0-2, and they've shown themselves to be very competitive in the first two games. So this is just like Seattle and Minnesota. I, I don't think you can call this one any legitimate way. I don't think you could really know anything right now. But I'm going to go with my secondary instinct, which was that Dallas seems to be – they have the fight more than they've had in past years, where we would call them a soft team. And anytime they have an injury, they just fold it up. Well, that didn't, that didn't happen last week. They stayed in that game hungry on both sides of the field, and they took down the team that was a lesser team by the end of the game that was the Chargers. So I'm going to go with my second instinct, and I'm going to take Dallas to cover because the line dropped, and they're giving me a little bit of a better line now. But if Philly covers, I'm not going to be surprised. Let's be honest. Yeah, and I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to – I'm going to throw out the first week of Philadelphia playing against Atlanta, who just looked mm-hmm. terrible. And and Philadelphia's defense was playing out of their mind compared to what the preseason, what I saw from them in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I still like this Dallas Cowboy team. I, I, I like what you said. The game to- or the point total started out at being six points on Dallas, and it's dropped down to three and a half. So I'm looking at that going, okay, th- this, this thing's been bet down a little bit. It might be bet down a little bit more by the time kickoff is. So I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys – covering the three and a half points at home on this one, simply just from reading the from reading the lines. Yeah. I mean, I like the pick and it's interesting now, as we get to the end of the schedule here that we had a lot of games where we agreed and week three is kind of like week two, right? You're in a really gray area because you have certain teams that you think are going to say, Hey, this it's now or never, we can't be this bad or the season's going to go down the drain. And you got other teams saying, it's now or never. Are we going to be mediocre, or are we going to establish ourselves as a playoff contender? So week three is real tough. So it'll be interesting. We're kind of in the same boat here. We usually don't have that many where we agree. So I wish you well, and I wish you luck, my partner. <laughs> I don't need luck, John. I, I need excuses. I think I'm right out of excuses at this point. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, some of the breadwinners, though. I am definitely taking the Cincinnati. I, I'm taking that one. That's a, that, that, that seems like a crazy, but I'm taking Cincinnati to win. I'm taking Cincinnati to win. And I also do like the New England Patriots at home getting two and a half, uh, having to cover two and a half points. I like that one as a breadwinner. It's really tough to pick this one this week. There were some very questionable games, but I'll take the Arizona and the over as well as a breadwinner. Yeah, I mean, I like those picks. I mean, this this week, I tell everybody up front, right? Don't make a breadwinner on San Francisco and Green Bay. Don't do it in Seattle and Minnesota. This goes for all the listeners. Don't do it on Tampa Bay and the Rams, right? And don't do it on Philadelphia and Dallas. The last four games we talked about, don't try to make that a, a game where you make a stand and you put down a big bet. So stay away from those games. I mean, I'm going to go with my dad. I'm going to go with a surprising pick in Miami with the spread. I don't know if they'll win the game straight up, but I could easily see them losing by a field goal, or I could see them pushing this into an overtime, a late scramble, a scratching claw type of game. So I, I'm going to take Miami as one of my top picks. And then, you know, I got to take one strong top-tier team I was getting a good vibe from Buffalo here. I just feel like Washington had to hang around too much last week, and Buffalo's ready to go on the up and up. So I'm going to take Buffalo and Miami, two AFC East teams, as my best picks with the spread. Okay. I I forgot to mention that I I do want to take Denver at home by 100. 
as well against the Jets. Woo! Okay. Oh, oh, hey, you got to pick against one team in the AFC East, that's for sure. <laughs> John Frisella, great job again. I look forward to looking at some of those articles that you'll have dropping this weekend. I hope some new fresh articles that you'll have dropping this weekend over at AaronTorresOnline.com. Hey, and don't forget to follow John Frisella on Twitter at LegendSports7. You can follow me as well at LoafingIt on Twitter. And listen, make sure you subscribe to the show. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can leave them in whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on. Just leave them in the comment section there. And Aaron Torres himself might be the one to address those. And we would really appreciate that so much. Hey, John, we always want to encourage everybody in the world to try to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.